Hey, we're reading between the lines and we've done four videos. This is the fifth and behold, it was very good. Um, that's not my assessment of the video. That's uh, the phrase that we're having a look at. Although it's, it is interesting that behold, it was very good is like a creator's assessment of his own handiwork. Um, which is interesting, isn't it? You know, it's, it's like whenever I see in Facebook, you know, in the sidebar, it says, you know, so-and-so has commented on their own status. I think that's, that kind of sums up social media, doesn't it? They, they are commenting on their own status. And I wonder, what does that mean? You know, is Bill saying, you know, why am I not getting the respect that I deserve? Um, that's kind of social media, isn't it? We're always commenting on our own status. But here is God commenting on his own handiwork, and he gives it the big thumbs up. You know, he gives it a big like. Um, how do we feel about that? Uh, well, let's read where it comes from. Genesis chapter 1, from verse 31. God saw all that he had made, and behold, in the old translations, behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. I'm also going to read from uh, Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 22, another account of the creation. And uh, in these verses, somebody called Wisdom is speaking. Wisdom with a capital W. Uh, this person who is as old as God, who is at God's side, who is the craftsman of all creation. I wonder who Wisdom might be. Anyway, um, this is what Wisdom says from verse 22 of Proverbs 8. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning, from before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so that the waters would not overstep his commands, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in three things. Get this. Rejoicing always in his presence, in God's presence. Rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Uh, a wonderful creation account there from Proverbs chapter 8. But here we are in Genesis chapter 1, and uh, really, in Genesis 1, you could write a phrase across the top of the chapter, a good God makes a good world. And on every single day of creation, God just looks at what he's made, and he gives an assessment of it. Day 1, he says it's good. Day 2, it's good. Day 3, it's good. Day 4, it's good. Day 5, it's good. Then day 6, behold, it is very good. Because on day 6, his most favorite creatures are made. Humanity, those who are made in his image. You can check out the video uh, about in God's image. These creatures are now in existence who are his counterparts, who are destined for face-to-face -face fellowship with him. Way, you know, behold, it was very good. This is how God feels about creation. It's awesome. If he does say so himself. How do we feel about that? How do we feel about God having a, an opinion on, on his own creation? And I'm not getting into the philosophical argument. I know you want me to. I know you want me to, but I'm not going to do it. Um, you know that, that old chestnut, you know, is the world good because God says it's good? Or does God say it's good because it's good? You know, you know that it goes back two and a half millennia, that, that old philosophical chestnut. Um, and I think probably the best answer to that question is yes. Here, I just want to draw attention to the fact that God looks at his world and he likes what he sees. How do you feel about that? He looks at his handiwork and he says, this is awesome stuff. How do you feel about that? I feel relieved. I feel grateful. I feel great about this. Because in the history of religions, um, gods and the world have not always got on very well together. 
and it, it goes in a couple of different directions in human religion. In human religion, one direction is um, that there is God or the gods who exists alongside creation, and um, God didn't create the world. The world has always existed. God has always existed. He's he's just got to you know like it or lump it with the world, and and largely he does not like it. Because this creation is this icky thing, this this material thing, this physical thing, and and the gods, the spiritual ones, they are immaterial, and and so you know spiritual life in these kinds of religions is about escaping from the bodily, escaping from the physical, in order to be spiritual. That's kind of one direction that religion goes in. Another direction that that religion goes in is to say, oh yes, there is a God who has made the world, he is Lord over the world, he's not just trapped in the same reality, he is sovereign over the world, but the God they are imagining is a single individual, who for all eternity has had no one and nothing beside him, just his own thoughts for company. Now, if such a God creates, how is he then going to relate to creation? He has not had any, uh, any experience of relating to anything. In fact, he is defined not by relationship, but by supremacy, by absoluteness. And if, even if he learns how to become sociable, he's not being true to his eternal identity when he's being sociable. When he's, when he's being sociable, that's just his, you know, public image. When he's at home, he's just by himself, right? And such a God just, just is, is, not, is just not companionable. Um, and for such a God to then relate to creation, um, it must give him panic attacks. You know, it must be like a, a, an introvert at Christmas. You know, he, he, he must rather kind of withdraw from all society and go to his room with a good book. Um, that really is what God is like in so many religions in the world. God would rather withdraw to his own room with a good book. Um, not so with this God. Not so with the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible just gets on and creates a world that he's thrilled about. And he loves it. And he doesn't care who knows about it. Behold, this world is very good. Why? Because God is the companionable God. <laughs> he's not a social reclusive kind of hermit. The Father has always had his word and wisdom, his spirit-filled Son, at his side. He has always known what it is to relate, to have give and take back and forth. He's not defined by supremacy, but by sharing. He's not defined by absoluteness, but by relationship. And so he brings a world into existence so that he can share that love. And, and he wants to share love with the created order and draw that created order into his own life. Not by having that created order escape from its own physicality, but by granting it its own very good character. And saying, it's very good. You'd be creaturely wonderful. You can still enjoy my love because I'm the companionable God. The Father's always had the Son alongside him, and so God can have a world alongside him without him being threatened by that, or being shut out from the world by the reality of his own majesty or transcendence. No, he's always the sharing God, always the companionable God. He makes a world and he's thrilled with it. What does that mean for today? Today, why don't you share God's verdict on the world? Why don't you look at the world and just say, it's very good. Now, the world has been fallen. We'll see that in Genesis chapter 3, and we'll, we'll go into that in a, a lot of detail. But the first verdict on the world is it's very good. Why don't we go out and enjoy creaturely, bodily life? Why don't we enjoy physical pleasure today? God does. God does. To adapt a phrase from a famous gospel presentation, God loves the world and has a wonderful plan for its life. 